something about a culture of honor. And uh, the reason for that is really over the last year or so, we've been talking as a leadership team, uh, just saying, God, what do you want us to be rooted in as a church? And we've landed on a couple of very, very simple things. (laughs) We've landed on the gospel is what we want to give ourselves to. The good news of Jesus. All right? We want to give ourselves to things like unity. We want to give ourselves to things like forgiveness. We want to give ourselves to another thing, learning to honor people. Why? Well, I think, I think more than anything else, because when you've experienced a lack of honor, when you've experienced how many of you have grown up in places that are incredibly legalistic, well then, when you experience the grace of God, you want to hold on to that with all of your hearts. And when you've experienced something of a culture that has been dishonorable, you want to, with all of your heart, you want to cling on to honor and say, this is what we want to value in this church. We want to honor God, we want to honor people, and we want to honor each other. Amen? And so we've been looking at this thing of honor and what it looks like. And this is the third message I'm preaching. And uh, I really want to encourage you to get onto the podcast if you missed the other two, because they do kind of overlap but I'm going to, in a sense, going to summarize a little bit this morning some of the things that I have said and take a little bit further and answer three basic questions. Who are we to honor? Why are we to honor? And very practically, how are we to honor each other? Very three, and if I can get through all those today in half an hour, I will have done well. All right, but um, why? Because we are convinced of this as we've been preaching and talking and praying as a leadership team that we want to do all that we can in this church community to ensure that when we get together, the Holy Spirit is welcome. And the Holy Spirit can minister to people, and the Holy Spirit can transform people from the inside out. We want to do all that we can, all that we can, to make sure that we are living in a way that invites the presence of the Holy Spirit and not hinders the presence of the Holy Spirit. That when people walk through these doors on a Sunday, when we celebrate as a church, or when we get together as a, in our small groups, that we are, we are living in a way that the, the presence of Jesus can be tangibly felt because we are living in a way that honors Him. Alright? And so that's our motivation. So, who are, who, are, who are we to honor? First of all, we're called to honor God. Did you know you're also called to honor yourself? And we are called to honor other people. So here, I could point you to scriptures that talk about us honoring our parents, church leaders, employers, even state leaders, older people. I spoke about some of these things in the last couple of weeks. Widows, wives, the marriage covenant. In fact, I love 1 Peter 2.17, which simply says, honor everyone. Honor everyone from the least to the greatest. Honor everyone. Why? Because the kingdom of God, what we are doing is we're saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That word simply means, God, we want to honor your name above every other name. And then we pray. What did Michael Eaton do so wonderfully at the conference a couple of weeks, months ago? He expounded that for us. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want. We want something of heaven to come down every time we are together. Why? 
because God's kingdom is a place where everyone from the least to the greatest, God Himself, is treated with honor, dignity, and respect. And if we really want the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, well, then let's do all we can to create that kind of culture in our church where the Holy Spirit is welcome and you can feel at home. Uh, for those of you that don't know, just as an aside, can, we, can you pray for Michael and Jenny? They've been such a blessing to our church and uh, to the body of Christ. And if you haven't heard already, Michael's youngest son, Kerry, was shot by robbers and killed this last week. He has four kids, and I mean, you can imagine what that must be like to lose your son to a, a, such a violent death, and uh, please be praying for them this week. He was uh, killed in Nairobi um, this last week, so please, please pray for them. So, that's who we honor. We honor God. We honor ourselves. And uh, the scripture says, do you know the scripture says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? <laughs> and God has given you honor. I'm amazed that in our culture, how much of, of, of that is undermined, that we, we kind of are encouraged to believe that actually humanity is not the pinnacle of God's creation. We, we're kind of just part of this whole stuff that's evolved over millions and millions of years. Actually, the scripture says, no, God has especially created mankind with dignity and honor. And these are things you must honor yourself as the highest of God's creation. Amen? And, and, and um, why do we honor? Well, we honor God, first of all, and I'd like to look at those three things again, God, ourselves, and others. We honor God because He's, he's the creator. Uh, revelation, this wonderful picture of worship in heaven. Worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. We honor God, first of all, as the Creator. We honor Him, secondly, because of His kindness and His mercy to us through the cross. That's why we honor God. He's taken us who were broken and messed up, and He's transformed us from the inside out, and we are now new creations, and we honor Him for what He has done on the cross. When we break bread, we remind ourselves we honor Him for what He has done for us. Thirdly, I've mentioned it already, because if we want to see the kingdom of, of heaven here on earth, if we want to see God's kingdom present, the best way to do that is to honor God. <laughs> Hallowed be your name. And then I was th um, just realizing this again in Romans 1, uh, verse 21. When you read that first chapter of Romans, this is also true. If we do not honor God, what it says in, in, in Romans 1 is that our very soul becomes dark. Our very soul dies and ultimately we, sh we, we shame and dishonor ourselves. Uh, this is how Romans puts it. For the, although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, and they became fut futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. There's something that darkness comes upon you when you don't honor God. And it says, Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to impurity. Literally, the word there is dishonoring of their bodies, with one another. When we don't honor God, there's something that comes upon us that our souls become dark and we dishonor ourselves and we dishonor other people through sin. So, we honor God first of all. 
We honor ourselves because God has made us in His image and He's made us valuable and we are worthy of honor. Psalm 8 verse 5, You made man a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. Um, We honor what God has done in our lives because every part of us that was broken, every part of us that was distorted, every part of us that has failed, Christ died and made all of that new. Isn't that wonderful? Romans 8.31, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him for us, how will He also not graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who then is there to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, He was raised. He was at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. So know that every part of you that was dirty and broken and distorted by sin has been made new because of Christ. Oh, what a delightful message to preach. And because of that, you can honor yourself, and this you've got to get your head around this. We say sometimes, blithely, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. But can I ask you to think about that? You've been adopted by the king of the universe and the king of the universe calls you son. <laughs> calls you daughter. The, the one who's created all things. The one who's, who's massively put the universe t- together calls you son and daughter. Can you just dwell on that for a moment? What a position of honor God has given us. Sons and daughters of the Most High. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. Who's he talking about? He's talking about you and me. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's possession that you might proclaim the excellency of Him has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Because you are adopted and you are a prince, you are a princess in the kingdom of God, you can honor yourself, and when you honor yourself as a son and daughter of the Most High, you can honor other people. Because two, they are sons and daughters of the Most High. Are you with me? I'm not, I always get, I always get um, nervous when people are quiet. Because I know I do speak loudly. And then I want to say to you, because we are sons and daughters, let's live as sons and daughters. Remember what I said to when I, uh, 1 John 3? Let us be children of light because we are light. And so we, instead, of, instead of beating people and saying you must, beha- you must behave b- better, yeah? putting all the rules on people, no. When you realize who you are on the inside, when you realize that you are son and daughter of the Most High, what is the most appropriate behavior for a son of God? That's what we want to give ourselves to. Yeah? Not beating people. Not putting rules on people. Say, no, 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 no. What's inside of you already? You have been, the old is gone and the new has come. You've been born again. You are a new creation. Now what happens is your outward behavior starts to conform with what God has done on the inside. That's a different motivation, isn't it? That's living a different way. And then, why do we honor others? Well, I want to simply say, because honor releases life. 
<laughs> One of the great promises, and this is not a slot coin machine where you do these things to get something out, but there's something of sowing to the Spirit of God in your life that ensures that some things happen. And so this is one of those broad promises in the Scripture that is absolutely wonderful. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and your mother. What is the promise to us? That your days might be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. There's something of when we give ourselves to honoring people like our parents, like those that are older, like the, those that are ahead of us in, in the Lord. As we honor those people, it releases honor to us. I believe this quite simply, that when we show honor to other people, it demonstrates a reverence for God. Um, and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, just in terms of our culture, that is so dishonoring of the elderly. On Tuesday, I was um, in Copenhagen on a crammed train with this guy called uh, Thomas Christensen, who leads a... He's part of the pastoral team in a really wonderful church in Copenhagen. And uh, we were standing against the window, and everyone was crushing us like this. And there's this, it's very multicultural, uh, Copenhagen as well. And there was this young, uh, well, not young, an old lady who was struggling with her bag. And Thomas just went straight around me, and he just took her, helped her, and he said, let me help you to a seat. I thought, how wonderful is that? <laughs> How wonderful is that? Demonstrating honor to this lady on a crammed tra tram where no one gave two hoots for her. But he saw her and he honored her. I said to you last time, can we be those that look out for the invisible people that no, no one else sees that we can show honor to some invisible people? Yeah? What about those that come here that are visiting? <laughs> and this, I'm not beating anyone, please. I'm just trying to encourage you. What about those that have summoned up all of their courage just to come to church on a Sunday? It's like they are shy, they are kind of like, I, I, just, I, I know I need to go, but I'm so scared. And they walk through the doors and they kind of do this across the wall because they are just so embarrassed and they don't know anyone. Do we even see them? Or we just we talking to our own mates and we're catching up. Man, we want to honor people. Yes? Please, I'm not trying to beat you up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can we look out for the invisible ones that no one else sees? Because they, too, are God's children. Amen? And then I want to say we honor others because honor attracts inheritance. Matthew 10, 41 has a wonderful promise. It says, the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet receives a prophet's reward. If you receive someone and honor them for the gift that they are, you receive the reward that that person has for you. And I want to say to you that every person carries a gift and every person can be an inheritance for us. We, we have to receive them though. Is that not true? We have to receive who they are. The person that may, God has made them to be. And we live in a culture that doesn't honor people. So if you've done well in business, you are worthy of honor. You've made a lot of money, you're worthy of honor. If you, if you um, pack this, the stores in Tesco's or, or, or whatever, Sainsbury's, you're not worthy of honor. We don't even notice you. No. The kingdom of God honors 
everyone, regardless of their position in society. And if we do that, we get the reward of those people. And they become part of our inheritance. Are you with me? Lastly then, that's who we honor. That's why we honor. How do we honor them? And I want to just, again, deal with those three things briefly. First of all, we honor God. How do we honor God? Through worship. What we do when we get together as a community, the primary way we honor God is by worship. Worshiping Him, telling Him that He's worthy, singing our praises to Him, and living Monday to Sunday, living a lifestyle of worship that honors Him in everything that we do. That's what it's about. That includes our our money. It includes our resources. We honor God with those things because He's worthy. Thirdly, we also honor God when we honor other people. And I said to you last time, sometimes we, um, we only honor those that we think can give us something back. Remember I said that? So that's why I want to encourage you, and that's why we're taking this team to Cambodia, to get into an environment where we can receive nothing back. We're not going to get anything back. It's going to cost everybody to go financially in any other way. But we want to be a blessing. We want to honor people because they're worthy of honor just because they're made in the image of God and they need, to, they need to hear the gospel. Yes? And they can give us nothing back. But we honor others, and as we honor others, we are honoring God. Uh, Proverbs 14.31, He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. That's what it says. Proverbs, if we do not honor the poor and we oppress the poor, we dishonor their maker. We're showing contempt for the one who made them. Remember when we did our study of James and I said to you, well, I didn't say to you, James said to you, if uh, you say to a rich man, come into the doors of our meeting and take the front seat. You are, we've been waiting for people like you in this church Rich man, come and sit in the front seat to have a special place of honor. And a poor man works, walks into the church and you say to him, you go and sit at the back. Why? Actually because you've been homeless for a while and you need a shower. So you go and sit at the back. What does James say? He says, you are wicked in your heart and there's nothing good in you when you show favoritism in the body of Christ. Saying the same thing. We honor God by honoring others, and as we do that, we show that God is the one who's made everyone, and He is the one who's the maker of all. How else do we show uh, honor to others? By shamelessly defending the gospel. (laughs) Shamelessly defending Jesus and the gospel. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts... Honor Christ as the Lord, holy, and always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, and do it with gentleness and respect. Even in the way we share the gospel, even in the way that we defend Jesus, even in the way that when people violently disagree with us, we do it with honor, with gentleness, and respect, and humility. Lastly, I want to say this, we live with gratitude. (laughs) Not focusing on what God hasn't done, but focusing on what God has done. Isn't that right, Andy? God's done a good thing for you. And you focus on what God has given you. (laughs) And He's given you a wonderful wife. 
And so we want to be those that live with gratitude. Uh, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ for you. And in that way, we honor God. Practically then, how do we honor ourselves? Well, I've said already that we realize that we're sons and daughters. But can I, this is what I, I'm discovering more and more in my own life, in my, in my own personal journey. You know, when you've made some mistakes in your life, you can be, um, your self-talk can become negative. Do you know that? Well, that's what I found in my life. And that you can start speaking badly of yourself because of the mistakes that you've made. And I I believe that that's not honoring of what God has done in our lives. Because we are sons and daughters. He's forgiven us all of our sin. And so part of what we have to do to learn to honor ourselves is is to learn to forgive ourselves for the mistakes mistakes that we've made. And while being honest, to talk about your weaknesses. This is the way of grace, isn't it? Don't pretend that you haven't made mistakes. But at the same time, don't speak bad stuff over yourself. The other thing I've discovered is this, is that we, we need other people, don't we? We don't have the whole package ourselves. Part of honoring ourselves is learning to understand that we need others, that we don't have the whole package. And I've said before, I'm going to say it again, our prayer, uh, in particular as personally Helen and I, has been over the last two or three years, God, we know that we don't have everything that it takes. Please will you give to us in this church people that have skill and gifting in areas that we lack so that this church can prosper. That's been our prayer. And God is doing it. People with the right heart, the right attitude, that love Jesus, love the gospel, and just want to see the church flourish. No other agenda, just want to see His church flourish so His kingdom can come. The other thing I want to say is this. The Bible also encourages us, in fact, Jesus warns us not to seek honor for ourselves, but to seek the things that bring honor to God. And this is the great wonder of the gospel, isn't it? As we give ourselves away, we're not seeking honor for ourselves, but when we give ourselves away for the things of God, He honors us anyway. Isn't that delightful? I told you all the story of Matt and how God has blessed us in all of this pain that we've been through, that we now have been given enough money by the, by the insurance to send him to America, to university. I mean, I'm not clever enough to think of that stuff. But God is busy behind our backs doing amazing things. And if we honor Him, He will honor us. He will. I don't know how it's all going to work for all of us, but He will honor us. He will say, this is my son and my daughter, and I'm going to bless them in whatever way I see fit. So don't seek honor for ourselves, but seek the things that bring honor from God. Uh, Proverbs again, 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness, I love those things go together, will find life, righteousness, and honor. What a beautiful promise. Then lastly, I want to talk a little bit practically about honoring other people. How do we honor others? Well, whenever you buy a house, what do they say to you about the three things that you need to remember about buying a house? Come on, you know this. I'm not trying to trick you. Location, location, location. Isn't that right? So if you want to buy a house, 
but in the right place. Location, location, location. So how, I want to say the same thing. What do we want to say in terms of how we honor other people? Three things in terms of honoring other people. Encourage, encourage, encourage. Encourage, encourage, encourage. This is the primary way that we honor others. is to encourage them. I want to find someone that you can encourage. You know, the thing about uh, Denmark that I was just struck with again is when the church, when you're in an environment where the church has been going backwards at such a rapid rate for many, many years, what people need most of all is they need encouragement. They just need to someone to... You don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to be a miracle worker. You just need someone to stand alongside you and say, Hey, I'm with you. Come on. We can do this together. I'll put my energy with yours. That's all we're trying to do in Denmark is to get alongside people and encourage them. It's the best thing we can do. And I want to find, ask you to find someone in your life that you can encourage, that you can stand alongside. Say, come on, I'm with you. We're going to walk together. Whoever that is for you. Encourage, encourage, encourage. Can I ask you secondly, this is how we honor people. Live with continual thankfulness for the people that God has put in your life. Live with continual thankfulness for the people that God has put in your life. I'm thankful for my dear wife, Helen. She's put up with a lot, eh? She has. I know I'm not, in some ways, I'm not an easy person to be around. In some ways I am, other ways... With all of our weaknesses. She's, she's been incredibly patient with me for many years now. 21 years. <laughs> You've done well, my darling. Let, let's, be, let's be thankful for those that God has put in our lives. I'm so thankful for my kids. Delightful gift. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for those guys that have, that have stood with us through all the ups and downs. And you know what? I'm grateful for every single person that has ever been part of this church whether they're part of this church now or not. I'm grateful. I've learned a lot. I've got to shape me in my own life through the responsibility of leading a church community. In the most, I'm grateful. I really am. I love this church. I want to say to you, it was wonderful when I, to be away, but it's great to come back to your own church community where people know you and love you and accept you. You know, I said to my life group, we were talking about what we want to do, and uh, what I like most about our life group is I feel like I can just be myself. I don't have to do anything. I don't feel like I have to lead it, although it does need to be led. What I like about our life group is that I can just go and hang out and drink coffee and occasionally wine <laughs> and, and hang out with my mates and have some fun and laugh a lot. That's what I like about our home group. So if you need a place where you just want to hang out and laugh a lot, find a group of friends in a small group that can encourage you. Yes? Let's be grateful for those that God has given to us. Thirdly, how do we honor others? I don't want to spend long on this because I've spoken a lot about this in, over the last number of years. Fight the urge to gossip with all of your heart. Speak well when people are not present. Uh, Nicky Gumbel, uh, I saw a tweet from Nicky Gumbel. He said, you don't have to those that honor you when you are present, it's not the ones you have to worry about. It's the ones that dishonor you when you're not present that you have to worry about. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> How many of you are, have I, did I, I can't remember what I said where now. 
But um, how many of you are teachers? I did say this. Did I say this here? About the staff room. That's the best place to find out the culture of a school, isn't it? In the staff room. When no one else is present, the headmaster is not there. How do the teachers really talk in the staff room? That's how you find out what the culture of the school is. Isn't it? Isn't it? That's true, isn't it? And so for me, what I'm trying to say to you in my talk this morning is what do people really feel when they come through those doors in this community? That's what I'm talking about. This intangible thing. Are we honoring? And I'm not putting a whip on anyone's back. I'm just saying, are we honoring God? Are we honoring each other? Are we honoring ourselves? Because that's what people are going to feel when they come through these doors. All right? So fight the urge to gossip. Uh, be on time whenever you can. Should I say, <laughs> especially the Africans and the Brazilians. <laughs> Brazil and Africa have got a lot in common, actually. <laughs> Timekeeping is one of the things that... So be on time whenever you can, as much as you can. Why? Because when, you, when you're on time, you're saying this to the other person, I'm honoring your time, that your time is as valuable as mine. That's, it's just a thing, isn't it? So we honor as much as we can with our time. And then I want to say this, and this is what I, I'm, I'm landing now. Learn from everyone. That's how we honor others, isn't it? We learn from everyone and anyone. Um, there's that wonderful um, prayer of St. Francis. One of the things it says is, seek first to understand then to be understood, isn't it? What, what, what can I learn from this person? How can, I, how can I welcome the feedback that this person is giving me, even when it's unkindly given? That's hard, isn't it? When you are getting feedback, but it's unkind, and you can feel it's not gracious, but how can you still learn from that in a way that is going to be helpful for your life? And lastly, I want to say this. Honor those, even those who failed you and let you down. Why? Because I know this, that I failed God on many occasions and He still honored me as His Son. The same grace I've received, I need to give it away to others. Those that have failed me, those that have hurt me, the same grace I've received, I want to learn as much as I can to give that away to other people. Is that easy? No, it's not. What do I need? I need wisdom and I need the power of the Holy Spirit to live like that. But it is possible. And God wants us to live like that. I said to you last time, I want to say again, challenge face to face. Encourage in writing. Let's give ourselves to that. And uh, forgive and yet still choose to honor. Lastly, Mark 6, 4 says this, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and amongst his relatives and in his own household. I've been thinking about that this week. You know what I think that means? And I, this is what I've learned, and this is what you learn in terms of your marriage very quickly. When you're close to someone, when you share your life with someone day after day after day, you not only get to the love of the good parts of that person, you get to see every wart and every unpleasantness about that person at the same time, don't you? 
That's what it means to be in a close relationship with someone. So what happens is when we see people's weaknesses, we can start to dishonor them in our hearts because we see their weaknesses over and over again. Isn't it true? And so we have to fight that that tendency to honor those that are closest to us because often those are the closest to us that know us the best. They are the ones that see our weaknesses the most and they are the ones that can put the knife in as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's, let's honor those that are closest to us as well. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and amongst his relatives and his household. I'm convinced that if we give ourselves to these things in this church community, we will see hundreds of people saved. And that's still our dream, is to unpack all of those chairs one day, and there are 450, no, 500 chairs. There's at least 300, 250 stacked out there. Our dream is one day that those chairs will be filled with those that do not yet know Christ. Yes? We want to see people saved. I just felt God speak to me personally. You know, sometimes when you're involved in the the business side of church, you can lose sight that the main thing really is, what is the main thing? (laughs) The main thing is to see people saved. That's the main thing. The main thing is to root people in Christ. The main thing is to see them saved and delivered and healed and set free. Let's always encourage each other in the main thing. The main thing is we want to see people saved. That's what we want to see with all of our hearts. And I trust that as God does these things in us, as we learn to live like this more and more by the power of the Spirit, not trying hard, just allowing God from the inside to do stuff in us, as we honor Him and honor each other, honor those that are close to us, that know us well, know all our weaknesses, as we learn to forgive those that have hurt and damaged us, we can live in a way that God will say, this is the place that I want to presence myself in. That many, many can be saved. Amen?